Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Water. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Communion or Cannibalism. I love the title of this message because it is so rich in describing a moment of time that Jesus was having. I hope this message brings it home for you, and yes, it may contain my own brand of humor just for kicks. You know, I could have titled it Wine and Dine on Jesus, but that may not have been as attractive as the zombie-style title I chose. So if we are believers in practice, then we have taken communion, and usually we refer to any one of the following scriptures when explaining the activity. Matthew 26, 26 through 29. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Mark 14:22 through 25 And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. There is wine in heaven. We go to Luke 22, 15 through 20. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, before we read the next event, that is the exact same scripture, or at least story, as told in the previous three scriptures, but I believe the intent and purpose was different. John 6, 53-58 Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So we see Jesus sharing the same story that he shared with his apostles, with the crowd around, and with his disciples which may include the seventy that he sent out earlier. Luke ten one. After these things the Lord appointed seventy others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Luke ten seventeen. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Isn't it interesting that although each apostle wrote their own book in the Bible, and each is giving their own perspective and experience walking with Jesus, Yet all of them agreed independently that mentioning this act was important. They all did, but John shares a point of the story as shared by Matthew 
Mark, and Luke differently. So in our reading, we see that John's experience documented Jesus as discussing communion to the crowd and his disciples, and not in an upper room with his disciples and the murderer, a captive audience, so to speak. Jesus had the same discussion with his disciples that he was about to have with the crowd. However, whereas the other three accounts use food elements, that is, bread and wine, Jesus felt it was time to take his ministry to another level. He was compelled to define what those elements really signified, his flesh and blood. Flesh and blood, bread and wine. It is one and the same thing, mixing the natural to explain the supernatural. My thought here is that Jesus decided to use this language because of the crowd. And if I were to be more specific, because of some of those in the crowd. You see, it may have been possible that some of the Jews in the crowd were influencing some of the Jesus crowd. And it may have disheartened Jesus on the one hand because it looked like those unbelieving Jews were unraveling his ministry. On the other hand, you can imagine that this was also making Jesus a bit angry because he thought that the crowd that was following him for the show was a bit more invested in actually becoming disciples. The dead de-walking. Perhaps he had hoped that they wanted to become followers of his, in part because of who he was. So Jesus was calling him out. As I see, as I see it, he was thinking it was time to see who was really in and who was still just hanging around to see the tricks and magic show. So look at what was going on and his warning to us who get offended at such stories rather than ask for the revelation of what he had just stated. Matthew 7, 21, 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 25, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Nope, Lisa should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Now if someone were to share those stories, why wouldn't you ask what they meant? To know him is a theme in both of these stories. So the answered question is, can you be operating in the power of God on earth and still not get in? Yes, even Judas did, and so he helped others to ultimately kill God in the flesh. Matthew 7:13-14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is a way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is a gate and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. From the first time I crinkled the pages of my Bible open and stumbled across this scripture, I thought, what? Doesn't God desire that all men be saved? 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 Doesn't he love everybody? Malachi 1, 3 Romans 9, 13 Few is the operative word, and one that has me working out my salvation with fear and trembling to this very day.
Philippians 2.12. So then I get Luke, and wow, you mean that there are those looking to get in? And they won't be able to. Luke 13.23.24. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and not be able. In John 6, we see the appetite of the Jews, which was to see more magic. In John 6.30, it states, Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then? That we may see it and believe you. What work will you do? Acts 8, 9-24 But then there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who... When they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen on none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by inequity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. They saw Jesus as a performer, and not as one that they should follow, even though in some cases, such as Simon, they believed and were baptized. Strangely enough, the opposite is true today, whereby we congregate in large crowds to watch all that Hollywood produces. And if we actually see a good movie, we are thoroughly impressed that if the person acknowledges us, we must be somebody. Yet they offer nothing in return for your commitment or dedication to furthering their careers at theaters or Redbox. Netflix or Amazon. Now we cannot blame the crowd for wanting to hang around to see what Jesus would do next. Even today we have epitomized a crowd which is reflective of what we watch on TV. Drama, drama, drama. Reality TV. Instead of compassion and empathy towards those who are having a rough go of it, we watch to see what will become of them. Back in the day they saw many who were demon-possessed, broke, diseased, terminally ill, leprosy, dysfunctional families. Yet it seems like 2,000 years has not changed a whole lot in the affairs of men, except now we don't have to follow Jesus around to catch the show. All we have to do is turn on TV or go to social media. I must say that they at least had the miracles, signs, and wonders. They never really knew what to expect when Jesus showed up, other than that the crowd eventually disagreed with his methods. As they were in contradiction to the religion of the day, or that he wanted them to be a part of a lifestyle they were not yet willing to give up. 
He, in essence, was changing the channel and turning off their version of the TV. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. According to them, he had crossed the line, became too gross in his illustrations, and dispelled the crowd in one fell swoop. I imagine what some may have stated or thought. He is no longer entertaining. You see, they weren't ready for today's version of quality programming yet. From zombies to vampires, they just didn't appreciate good cinematography. Back to Jesus. What is interesting is that Jesus was defining what communion meant. When he stated, take, eat, this is my body, although strange, he stated it in such a way that the immature crowd accepted the statement as palatable. But because I believe he was hurt, upset with the attacking Jews, and probably a bit frustrated with humanity, he defined what communion really meant. He wanted and wants us to follow him, unconditionally, do the work he is doing, grow and mature as his disciples, and to become, in essence, like him. In a stretch, I would say that he was actually telling us, or them, the type of bride he was expecting to return to, and no doubt what he was looking at, at that moment, wasn't very attractive in both character and behavior. Contemplative and introspective, when he taught. Not reactionary and defensive. Humility is a garment of only one of those two types. The other is still too wild and independent, looking for the weekend circus. So let's go to John again. John 6, 51 through 56. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Does not Jesus answer the question about what he is saying when he refers to eating his flesh? Verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Okay, so let's say for a minute that Jesus was, in fact, getting a little vampire-ish, or dawn of the deady on us. If you heard him saying that, all you have to do to live forever is to take a bite of me, then you wouldn't at least think about it? Okay, remember Jesus made me funny, and it's a gift that I am well using. John six fifty seven through 66 As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Feeds on me is a language of students, one who actually gets that Jesus is not literally asking us to eat and drink of him. But again, to go back to this little scene, cannibalism when referred to in the Bible was usually because the community was under the judgment of God. Not that God told anyone to eat another human. It was just in response to his judgment. BTW, not something we should do if... In his judgment, repentance and humility taste better and don't require a supper table. Leviticus 26, 27 through 29. Back to John 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? 
What, then, if you should see the Son of Man descend, where he was before? Is the Spirit who gives life to flesh profits nothing? The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. John 6, 67. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? In finishing, although I could go on with this moment in time, I refer back to when I stated that I felt Jesus was hurt by the crowd, that even though they were in it for the show, they at least were following him. We see him asking his closest followers, Do you also want to go away? Oh, the rejection Jesus must have felt on that day. And although we know he did not want to grow a mega church, but a church, a bride, that was willing to follow him regardless at all costs, he must have still been hurt by the reaction and response of both crowds, the Jews and his dearly belated followers. So it was quite a question to his core group of guys as they could have said yes and walked away. He had asked them, did they want to leave too? But in a reversed and strange turn of events, Peter at that time did not reject the Lord. Now we know later that he did, but that was a planned event to break Peter so that he could be of some use as an apostle and disciple of Jesus. I believe it is easy to see now that you must be broken to be the bride of Christ. Luke 22:31-32, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So we go south for a minute. We all need leaders like this. Instead, we bind Satan right out of the opportunity to work some things out in a person. Satan did not have access to Peter but by the window of pride and the Lord's permission. We will get to that scripture in a minute. Look, in the scripture, Satan would not have asked if he did not have a legal right to Peter. It was Peter's pride that gave Satan a legal right to sift him. And praise God, Jesus didn't stop him. So it is here that you will actually see that we are not going south at all but that we are seeing that we have been given an authority we would not have been given if we didn't drink his blood and eat his flesh. 1 Timothy 1.20 Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. 1 Corinthians 5.5 5. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Acts 13.10 and 11 And said, O full of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Acts 5, 1, 13. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, and keep back a part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. 
So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. So you see, when we are so completely a part of him, we walk in a supernatural authority that we would not otherwise walk in. Matthew 26, 31-35 Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. So in the case of Peter's breaking, we see the pride that opened the door. If you are having some issues in your life, check to be sure the doors and windows of your life are bonded with repentance and humility. As we know today, to live as Jesus lived is to die the same death while living. We are the essence of dead people walking. So now do you think leadership is difficult? All along the walk with fame, his guys pulled on him like hungry children. Yet they did not cause him to act uncharacteristically. He was Jesus whether they got the things right or wrong. 1 Corinthians 4, 10, 12 Always caring about in a body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who are alive are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Moldy bread? You see, this is what Jesus was asking the following crowd and his disciples when he proclaimed the famous lines, Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Colossians 1, 24-25 I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. For the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a minister, according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. We too must be crucified with him or we leave him when the show stops or he changes the channel in our lives. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, that's it for today. What I love about these messages is a perceived message that may have very well been taking place within the crowd. I mean, have we not discovered that many of the responses to Jesus and what he said would invoke or does invoke the same response from us? Of course. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy 
and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep water.